1: The Chiefs are without two key pieces of their offense heading into a primetime divisional showdown.
2: These games are so, so important. It's a big division game.
1: We're rounding up the best of the podium ahead of Chiefs-Chargers round two, coming up in press coverage.
0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Your partner, Impossible.
1: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm Merlia Campbell, and we are back for another episode of Press Coverage, a KC Sports Network podcast where we round up the best of what was said at the podium all throughout the week from both teams. So you are up to speed in time for kickoff. On top of this week, a week two rematch. This time, the Chiefs traveling to take on the Chargers at Lo-Fi Stadium. Let's start with some big late-week news here. The Chiefs will be without wide receiver McColl Hardman for Sunday's primetime AFC West matchup. They've placed him on injured reserve with what Andy Reid calls an illness to the abdomen, meaning he'll miss at least the next four games. The earliest we could see him back is week 15 against the Texans. Andy, Frank Clark,
2: going to be activated and play on Sunday? Yeah, pretty good chance on it. Hardman being
3: placed on injured reserve, how much do you anticipate this being... A short-term absence, or it was considered season-ending.
2: No, I I think it'll probably end up being short-term, but you know, we'll just see how he feels going down the road here. Right now, I'd probably tell you short-term.
0: You mentioned it it, it was an illness with with Harvey. Now, there any is there any further clarification?
2: Yeah, I don't have uh, anything for you there. Just just got to get through this part.
0: You guys have done a nice job, always, of being able to make up for absences in that receiving core. This is, should be a nice opportunity for Sky to maybe get more involved in what you've seen from Tony did as well,
2: right? Yeah, you'll, you'll probably see the same type of rotation as we had last week, It'll be similar to that. So, uh, having those guys in the second half there, that's probably what you see. Yeah, it's good for those guys, though. And
1: he's not the only wide receiver the Chiefs are missing. Juju Smith-Schuster has been ruled out. He is still in the concussion protocol following that big hit in the Jags game on Sunday. There's been a lot of talk about that play this week, so first we want to take you to the postgame press conference from Sunday night. Here's Reed, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and wide receiver Kadarius Tony.
2: Well, as long as there's contact to the head, I mean, it I doesn't need to be in the game. So it looked like there was contact to the head from where I was standing, but I'm not the... The one making that, that call. So
4: well, it, the explanation for why there was a flag you picked up, did they explain that
2: piece um, yeah, they said that he hit with his his shoulder. Um, and so that's why they picked it up. I um, you hit somebody in the head, you're you're hitting it in the head. But they said it was shoulder to shoulder is what they said. And um, you know, he obviously was in a uh, pretty bad position there for hitting shoulder to shoulder.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. Um, obviously, I don't think there was like any ill intent from the player. I mean, he's just trying to knock the ball loose and, and do stuff like that. Um, but uh, obviously, there was some helmet to helmet contact. And um, we, we want to get that out of the league as much as possible to uh, for player safety. Um, so if we can review that and kind of make it to where there can be some type of penalty or something, uh, I mean, obviously you want to get that stuff out of the league as much as possible.
5: My reaction, I was kind of I was angry, you know what I'm saying? I was kind of mad because like, I don't really like you no know, dirty play, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that, but I feel like it kind of gave the, uh, the team a, a boost, you know, kind of gave us something to really, uh, like put him on our back, I guess you could say, like gave us something to play for, I guess you could say.
1: Some good news. Mahomes says Juju looked okay after the game, all things considering.
3: Yeah, I, I, got, I got to talk to him. Uh, I mean, obviously it was scary uh, when you're out there, um, but I mean, when you saw him after the game, he seemed perfectly normal. I mean, it's just it's just he'll, I'm sure I don't want to say anything about the injuries. He'll sure have to do something to get himself back available for us, um, which is, I mean, the right thing to do. Um, but uh, he seemed like he was his normal self, giggling around, joking around and stuff like that, and uh Let's just take precaution and get him back healthy as fast as possible.
1: Reed was asked on Wednesday if he'd heard from the league about the hit. Here's that exchange. No,
2: I mean, I heard from the officials, but I haven't heard from the league yet. I mean, they'll, they'll give us our report here.
0: What did you hear from the officials?
2: It was shoulder to shoulder.
0: Yeah. Or you about what? During, During the, the game. At the time. Yeah, at the game. Would, would the, is it standard for the league to? And, I, and something, since that's become a big talking point, around, is it standard for the league to reach out to you or is that the kind of thing you have to reach out to them to get some kind of input? And
2: well, it goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways. But we, you know, we have a form that we can fill out and ask questions. So.
1: And on how he thinks the league handles the issue of concussions.
2: Yeah, listen, I think the league does a great job. The one thing that amazes me about the league is they don't shy away from uh, situations. So as tough as it can be, some people turn their back on things. I don't think the league does that. Um, and this has been one of them. I mean, you know the time that we've spent at the owner meetings on uh, protection for players, uh, safety, um, in particular concussions, and, and soft tissue injuries. So um, I, I think it's come a long way. I think it'll continue to develop as the helmets get better and the rules, uh, the guys get used to the rules and the officials get used to officiating it and so on and so forth. So.
1: With two of Casey's top three wide receivers out, that leaves Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, and Sky Moore as the remaining active receivers on the roster. All of this makes Brett Veach's move to trade for Tony a few weeks back seem even more fortuitous. Against the Jags, his second game with the Chiefs, he had four catches for 57 yards, highlighted by a hop, skip, and a jump into the end zone to put the Chiefs up 7 to nothing.
5: It just felt electric in there, but uh, the reason I was so... I guess, uh, hopping. Well, the reason I was hopping was because I I was too close to the uh, sideline when I caught it, and I just was excited. I saw the sound. oh, I got to (laughs) hop. I got to get in there somehow, some way. But it's electric being out there, um, all the fans around you, sitting on top of you, yelling at the opponent, like on top of you yelling at them, and um, quarterback putting you in the right position.
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, it's obviously in the play design. It's like the fifth read. So it, it, he was kind of the distraction guy trying to bring kind of guys over. And then I wanted to kind of go flat to the stick route to the over to Kels. And then I heard him yelling and I was like, man, there, who's yelling at me over there? I looked over and he's wide open. So it was, he was like the last read in that play. Um, but in this offense, that last read might be open sometimes. So you got to stay, stay ready for it
0: why do you think it's it's come so easy for him or seemingly so uh, so far here in KC?
3: Yeah, I mean, first off, he's a smart guy. I mean, he learned he learned a lot fast and uh we've been able to put him in positions uh, especially a lot more this week. Um, but uh, he's a smart guy, he plays hard, um, and w- whenever he's got his opportunities, he's made plays happen, and uh, it, this offense, is, like I said all year, it's going to be everywhere, and I think you saw that again today. Um, guys stepped up and made plays happen, and uh, that's, that's the special part about this offense.
1: Looking at the run game, the team had 27 carries for 155 yards in the win against the Jags last week. We could push it up a little bit more, but don't tell Coach Reed.
4: <laughs> uh, but we always want to do what is best for our team when it's all said and done with. Yes, we do need to run it, okay? And I thought we did a good job of putting our guys in position, but also making sure that we were calling them and giving them the opportunity to go out and play and establish the run game. So that's something that we just got to continue to do and continue to grow uh, with grow moving forward.
1: So this could be a big night for Isaiah Pacheco, who's coming off three straight starts. Here's EB running backs coach Greg Lewis and Reed on how they're sharing the love between the rookie Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards.
4: All of those guys are going to play. And I thought he did a heck of a job last week. I also thought Jarek McKinnon did a hell, heck of a job. That just goes to show you just the depth that we have at that position. But on top of that, It goes to show you that Greg Lewis has done a hell of a job. Those guys are playing their tails off. And obviously, we're going to always roll with the hot hand. And I know that's something that a lot of people don't like to hear. But we always want to do what we feel is best in that particular moment. Now, are we neglecting anyone? No, because those guys know that they have to be ready when called upon. It was just like I had a discussion with our players uh, yesterday. You know, always tell them, Make sure that you're maximizing the opportunities in the classroom, on the field, in the weight room, and in the training room, because we're at that time of the year where injuries happen. So you may be called upon throughout the course of a game to define your greatness. The question is, you know, when those opportunities present present themselves, have you mentally and physically prepared yourself for those particular
5: moments? It's not really who starts the game or who finishes the game, everybody's going to get an opportunity. So it's not a conversation that needs to be addressed or anything. It was already said from the beginning. Whoever we decide to put out there is the guy that we decide Mm -hmm. to put out there at that present time. Um, Clyde has been fine. It could be his day. It could be Jess day. It could be Rojo's day. It could be Pops day. They all know that already coming into this. So it's like like we talked about earlier. It's not a this, that, and the other. when your number is called, be ready to respond at a high level, and I feel that all our guys have done that, done that in different uh, situations. And then we're just going to continue to work as, as we go.
2: The part I probably love about Clyde is Clyde wants to play, you know. So I, I wouldn't expect anything less than that. How he handled it, though, was like a pro. But he wants to play, and I would think less of him if he didn't want to play. So the, the, it's the way that rotation goes. It's a crazy, crazy thing because we don't go in thinking that. And, but because of the way the series worked, short series here, and he gets in for three plays and he's out. You know, we don't have that many three and outs as an offense, and uh, he happened to be in <laughs> one of them. So it, it, the numbers got skewed, and it's kind of what happened with Pacheco. You know, before that. So. Well, we're, we're working through it. and It's not because of his ability.
5: Just from day one, from me personally, uh, dealing with the running back room and the guys, it is what it is as far as who's going to be out there. It's only one guy that's going out there most of the time, and we're going to support whoever that guy is. And the guys bought in from, from day one of that mindset and that approach, and when your opportunity comes up, you take advantage of that opportunity as best you can. And that just pushes everybody to be great when they get their opportunity to get out there. And we support each other while while they're out there. We're on the sideline cheering for each other. And it's, it's unfortunate at times when you don't get a lot of carries or a lot of catches. But again, it's one football and only one person is going to have it at a time.
6: Hey, sorry to interrupt, you, but I need to tell you about one of today's sponsors and that is Liquid Death. Listen, you might be in a meeting you might be walking through high V Target and start to notice some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. No need to get anybody. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death now why is this water called liquid death well it'll brutally murder your thirst that is right not only are they trying to brutally murder your thirst they're trying to brutally murder plastic pollution as well with their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans they're bringing death to plastic pollution and they also donate 10 percent of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution great cause that's a win-win for me Look at this. I mean, just look at this can right here. I've got one right with me. The severed lime, one of my favorite flavors that they have. Oh, it's so good. Can't wait to dive into this one. You can find a liquid death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7 Eleven, or go to a Liquid Death retailer near you. Find one with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash
1: Reading Company got the better of Brandon Staley's crew last time around, 27-24, to 24, largely thanks to a 99-yard pick six from an unlikely hero, seventh-round draft pick Jalen Watson. If the Chiefs can leave with the win on Sunday, they'll be up three games in the division with seven regular season games to go.
7: The Chiefs have one of the top offenses in the league, Lindsay, um, have for a long time. And, uh, you know, this year's no exception. They've added some new players and uh, really brought them into that offense beautifully and they're, they're playing at a high level and they're very dangerous because they can beat you a lot of different ways with a lot of different people and um, and at the center of it all is, is, is Pat you know running the show and um, they also have an outstanding offensive line and I think that's the group that doesn't get um, nearly as much credit as it should on their team because you're so aware of their skill players and, and the production um, but that output is is you know in large part uh, because their offensive line plays at a high level together.
3: We've played two of these teams now. We haven't played Denver yet, but you know that they're great football teams. They just, in football, man, anybody can beat anybody any day. Um, and so it, just, it hasn't gone their way in some of these games, these close, uh, hard fought games. Um, but we understand how good the Chargers are. Um, we're not looking ahead to being three games up or whatever it is. We're looking at w- what can we do to win today so that we can win on Sunday. And so uh, we understand it's going to be a great challenge, and uh, we're going to play our best football if we want to win.
2: Well, you're right at that time where, I mean, these games are so so important. Um, it's important for the Chargers. It's important for us, Denver and, and the Raiders, likewise. So um, that, that's the time of year you're in, and you got to make sure that you're you batting down the hatches, man, and, and get things. Uh, detail your work and, and and don't leave anything uncovered there. Yeah, I just think
7: energizing, energizing that you're playing a, a you know another really good team at home. It's a big division game, and you know I think we we all know how we competed in the last game, and I think our team is gaining energy from how we're playing, not losing it and we just gotta take the practice field the right way this week because this team deserves our full attention and um, we gotta prepare at a high level this week so that we can go play at a high level.
1: Kansas City faces an injury-worn thin Chargers group, but they might be getting some reinforcements. Wide receivers Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both returned to practice this week. Allen's been working through that hamstring injury since week one. Williams sprained his ankle in the Chargers' October 23rd loss to the Seahawks.
7: I don't take anything for granted. I don't you know, expect or you know, I think what you learn in the NFL, the longer you're in it, is that it's day to day. And so I think our, our confidence comes from what we're going to do today. And you just know that there's so much that can happen. Um, but we, when these guys do get back, if and when they do get back, um, they're going to have you know, teammates that are ready to join up with them, and hopefully they can just come back and do what they do you know, and, and, and give us what they always give us. So um, you know, that's, that's part of the season is being able to figure out times like this, and um, I'm hoping that it's energizing as we you know, hopefully can get some guys back. You know, there's been a lot of subtraction. Um, looking forward to addition. And uh, and I think that um, hopefully this week that happens.
1: Along with losing two of his top targets, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert has been dealing with that nagging rib injury he suffered the last time the Chargers played the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Still, the young QB earned high praise this week from Mahomes, defensive coordinator Steve Bagnolo, and rookie cornerback Trent McDuffie. He's a special arm talent,
3: man, and he throws some, some passes that I don't think anyone can throw in this league, and that includes myself. I mean, he has a, a cannon for an arm. You watch it. I watch on film every week because we like, play similar opponents. Um, And there's some throws you just kind of shake your head uh, because they're they're, they're that special. And so uh, I understand it'll be a great challenge for us as a team to go up against the Chargers and the the talent that they have over there. And so how can we match that intensity? How can we match that talent and go out there and win a football game is is what we have to focus on. He
0: can do anything you're going to ask a quarterback to do. He, I, I think he's managing the game real well. In our game, because you go back and look at him, he got protections right. He gets the ball out really quick. He's a big guy. He's hard to bring down. Uh, it was last year. I, the year's run together here, but I know Nick, you know, had him down the goal line. You, could, you couldn't even get the guy down. He gets it off because, yeah, it was last
6: year, right? Um, so I got a lot of respect for
0: him. Yes,
6: I think that is going to be just the biggest factor is stopping Justin Herbert's passing attack because he can throw the ball anywhere. So being able to limit his passing lanes and then I think Austin Eckler is also a great player who can do a lot of things. He's really good out of the backfield catching passes and in the run game. So I think limiting those two to just as less yards as we can as a defense is going to help us out the most.
1: And finally, in a complete 180 from what we've been talking about, we got a little music news from the press conference podium this week. Here's Big Red.
2: All right, is that the last of those questions? All right, I'm kind of fired up about this next one. Um, it's a little bit outside my uh, my box, but I'm, uh, I am I enjoy their music for sure. A couple of rock and roll Hall of Famers uh, are going to be here in Kansas City next summer. And... Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks, so you got. Uh, I've had a chance to listen to Billy. Actually, I had a chance to meet he and Elton John at one time, and um, quite a, quite an experience. Nice guy, and what a great legendary singer. As is Stevie, she's uh, she's phenomenal. Could still belt it out, man. That's kind of from my my era, and um, love every you know, love all their songs. So, uh, but they'll take the stage at Geh Field at Arrowhead on Saturday, August nineteenth. That's 2023. I don't have all the details, but those will be coming. Um, but, anyways, listen, I'm pumped up for him to to be here, and I, I know our our people here in Kansas City will be fired up too. It's a it'll be a great venue. So,
1: and with that, kickoff is coming up Sunday night at 7:20. If you can't make it out to LA, watch the game with us. We're gonna be at the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park, or you can head on over
8: to our YouTube or Twitter pages